Ellsworth welcoming you to Prairie Doc Radio. This is a program of the Healing Words Foundation, a 501c3 founded by Dr. Rick Holm. We are here to answer your medical questions, so give us a call at 605-692-1430. 605-692-1430. With us today is Dr. Jill Cruz, ready to answer your medical questions. Dr. Cruz's specialty is family medicine. She works with the Avera Medical Group Brookings and volunteers as part of the Prairie Doc team of physicians. Good morning, Dr. Cruz. Good morning. It's always good to be here. Thank you for being here and taking the time to be with us today. Our Prairie Doc topic this week is about excelling in retirement. Um, So if you have questions or thoughts on that transition to retirement, give us a call at 605-692-1430. But before we dive into retirement, um, there's some news out there about COVID-19 vaccines, and we'd love to get an update from you, Dr. Cruz. Yes, well, the exciting news is that there should be some hopefully on the way uh, later this month. So South Dakota's anticipated getting their first distribution of vaccines. Um, kind of towards I believe the in the somewhere in the 20s of the month so hopefully maybe a early Christmas gift or a late Christmas gift that we'll be getting in and that is being distributed to the various health systems from the state and then the health systems have kind of decided where they're going to give those vaccines and starting with definitely what we call tier one high priority so um, ER physicians and ICU physicians and nurses and staff and uh, people who are working in COVID units. So those are kind of the the super high risk people. And right now, um, Avera, where they're planning on sending their first allocations is to basically their big, big flagship hospital. So McKinnon and Sioux Falls sending up to Aberdeen, to uh, Mitchell, to Pierre and to Yankton. So that's where the first are. So, um, you know, Brookings is not in that first first wave of things but definitely the idea is to get the bigger hospitals um, with their um, staff protected and they're talking not just nurses and doctors but respiratory therapists and x-ray techs and you know cleaning crew because Mm -hmm. they're those people you know the people working and and delivering the kitchen trays they're just as much at a risk um, exposed to those patients so they're considered high essential uh, high risk essential priority people too so you know, we don't want to just say doctors and nurses are the only ones getting it. We're getting all of those high-risk people in those facilities covered first. So that's kind of the first wave. Next wave after that is getting it to nursing home residents because we've seen that's where really this disease has devastated uh, lots of people and lots of deaths have been in those higher uh, populations where these people are living in this congregate setting. So getting the nursing home staff and residents uh, covered next and then kind of the next step after that is, is getting into the clinics and um, other healthcare workers and then kind of to the high-risk groups and then to the community. So um, there is a, a cool little app you can use that kind of says, where's your place in line okay. in all of this? And um, kind of takes some of your information and um, kind of says where you think you would be. So um, that's kind of something fun to play with based on, you know, where do you live? How bad is your COVID there um, risk? And what are your risks and kind of where, 
we think you will fall. Sure. So we know we're getting that first uh, wave soon. When the next distribution is, we really don't know or kind of how far this first distribution will go. So we're trying to get as many people as quickly as possible with this covered. Yeah. So now that's the first um, (coughs) vaccine that we've been hearing about, the Mm -hmm. Pfizer vaccine. Is that right? There are others that are in the works, works. but we don't have a timeline yet for those. Right. Is that so, right? Okay. so nothing is uh, FDA approved yet. Yep. So we're it's kind of the waiting on the FDA to say, yep, we have the final stamp of approval. This is safe to give. Um, I have a lot of uh, physicians uh, that I know. I'm on some national groups and. Um, a lot of them have been in the trials, especially the Pfizer trial. So mm-hmm. they've kind of been sharing their experiences with it. And it sounds like those that have gotten it, um, <clears throat> now a lot of them are blinded. So they don't know whether they're getting the placebo vaccine or the live one. But some of them was like, I'm pretty sure I got the live one because my arm was really sore the next day. And, and people are talking about getting some um, reactions to it where they said they just felt kind of a little tired and achy and sore and... Um, Kind of the next day, which basically uh, is a sign that the body saw the vaccine and is mounting a response to it. So I always tell people, if you feel a little crummy the day after a vaccine, that's great. Because that tells me your body is recognizing it and doing something about it. Gotcha. Very good. Well, it's time for us to go to our first break. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. Call us now at 605 609-692-1430 with any medical concerns you would like us to address. We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. If you have diabetes, these lifestyle changes can help lower your risk for heart disease. Follow a healthy diet. Eat more fresh fruits and vegetables, lean protein, and whole grain. Aim for a healthy weight. If you're overweight, even losing a modest amount of weight can lower your triglycerides and blood sugar. Get physical activity. Try to get at least 150 minutes per week of moderate intensity physical activity, such as brisk walking. Manage your ABCs. A, your A1C test. B, keep your blood pressure below 140 over 90. And C, control your cholesterol levels. S stands for stop smoking or don't start. This message is brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Call your provider with questions or to set up an appointment, 697-9500. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth and Prairie Doc physician Jill Cruz is here to discuss your medical questions. Give us a call at 605-692-1430. Before the break, we were talking about the exciting news with COVID-19 vaccines um, in process, and hopefully we'll have an approval soon. Dr. Cruz, how do we know if the vaccine is safe? If we're making this decision for us personally, for our family, mm-hmm. what, what are some things we should consider to, to have confidence that it, it will be safe for us? Yep. So this is where, um, you know, the FDA says they're not going to let it out until it's safe. Because if they let something out and it's bad, that's, that has implications on so many people. That's why they're doing these clinical trials where they've had like 60,000 people mm-hmm. enrolled. So, um, you know, we do understand that there there's different levels of clinical trials. And the first stage is 
is it safe? That, that's really the first thing. Is it safe? What side effects are? And that's why there's so many different versions of these vaccines that have been in development to find one that is safe. I know Pfizer, when they were starting to do it, had two different versions and found out that one was safer than the other to give. So okay. um, that's where that phase one uh, trials. And then you start going, okay, first question, is it safe? The second question, is it effective? Is mm-hmm. it going to do anything? And then as you kind of go through all of these clinical trials, that's where we, we come up with this. So it's not like you're given the first time this vaccine is given to everybody. We're like, well, we hope it works. No, that, that's why we have all these processes. Um, and there's been a lot of money poured into this. So anyone who did research um, knows that your ability to do anything depends on funding. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these vaccines take so long to develop because it's hard to get funding. People are fighting for grants, fighting for resources. And thanks to the CARES Act and Operation Warp Speed, a lot of money has been poured into this so they could really work hard and also start, a lot of times they won't start ramping up development and production of a vaccine until you pass phase four trials and then FDA gives it stamp of approval, says it's safe, we can give it to people, and then they start making a bunch of it. Mm-hmm. So they kind of started making a bunch of it hoping that it was going to get approved and so then once it's approved like yep we already we got some got some aid so, already mm-hmm. so that's kind of the the difference is why do we all of a sudden have this so much faster because they're starting making it before they were told it's okay to give it to anybody so basically like baking a bunch of cookies before you have a store to sell them in sure mm-hmm. so and then once you have the health department try a bunch of cookies and say yep this is safe we think it's okay your recipe is fine okay go sell your cookies and we're like great we've got cookies who wants to buy them sure mm-hmm. so that's kind of uh, before it would be like well you make like a test batch and then they would test it and say okay now you can make you know ramp up the kitchen and make tons of cookies and sell out as many as you want mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that's kind of where it's um why this has definitely been sped up Uh, so it's not really the testing and safety parts haven't been sped up it's the production that's been sped up so got it to get it released earlier um i want to talk a little bit about testing we have this hope you know that the vaccines but we still we are still certainly living with covid in Mm -hmm. in our community testing has changed i know in the beginning the only test was the one that went all the way up our nose, not mm-hmm. not a super pleasant thing, but not the worst either. We can handle it. But there are n- new options for testing out there now. And I just, could you just review what's right. kind of available now for testing? So for testing um, in the clinic, we're doing, uh, there's the antigen test. Um, there's the antibody, which is a blood test that we're not really using, but that's to say, did you have COVID mm-hmm. and did your body mount a response to it? Um, And then we also have the PCR testing, which is testing for the virus. Uh, Now, with these testings, yes, originally we had to do the swab that went all the way back in the nose, made your eyes water, made it feel like we were touching your brain. Mm -hmm. Um, And now we're able to, um, we have new testing, new reagents, and we can do just the swab in the front of the nose. Uh, I also know that there's some testing where they're using saliva to test for it. We don't have that one at the clinic, but I know they have that one at uh, Hy-Vee, and I know the Department of Health is able to mail out some uh, tests with that where you could actually do it at home and then mail it back and, and you get your results. Mm-hmm. Um, and the good news is at 
we now have the ability to do the test here, both at the hospital and in the clinic. So if you're seen in the clinic, in respiratory clinic at Avera, uh, I can't speak for Sanford because I don't know what they're doing, but sure. at Avera, if you're seen in the clinic, we can do your test that day. Okay. And we will have your results back within an hour. If you do the drive-through testing, uh, because we're s there's so many people with the drive-through testing, that's still getting sent down to Sioux Falls. But that one we've been getting back in you know one to two days. Uh, I know the saliva testing's been at Hy-Vee. Uh, from what uh, patients who've had that done have been telling me, is that gets sent out and that comes back in about three to five days. So, okay. so saliva is probably the least invasive one yeah. to. Uh, get, but it does take the longest to get those results back. Okay. It's nice to have a few options it, now. It is great to have and, options. Um, not quite such an unpleasant <laughs> experience. experience. Yes. Oh, yes. When, when I found out we were switching from the uh, nasopharyngeal, the one that goes all the way back to the front of the nose, so, uh -huh. um, I was like, okay, how many of those nasopharyngeal swabs, and can I stay healthy long enough to not need one? Yes. <laughs> so. Yes. Exactly. Now, in Brookings, um, there's been some stats that have come out recently about our numbers. Do you want to review those? Yes. With us? Um, this is actually, I'm, I'm really proud of the Brookings community and I am so happy. Um, so the Department of Health um, has this on their website. So looking at the 10 most populous cities and then uh, ranking those counties based on COVID-19. So in the last seven days, they do it per 100,000. So you can kind of compare apples to apples because obviously Sioux Falls is a lot bigger than Brookings. So it's not fair to count raw numbers. Sure. Um, but based on 100,000, um, Brookings County has had the lowest number of cases in the last week. We've had the lowest number of total cases since the beginning of the pandemic. And we've also had the lowest number of deaths per 100,000 since the beginning of the pandemic. So... Um, I think this really just shows that our city council made a lot of really tough decisions. And the good thing is when you make those tough decisions and you make the right ones, nothing bad happens. So, mm -hmm. I mean, this is good because Brookings is doing much better. So our, our mask mandate is making a difference. Our um, reduced capacity in restaurants is making a difference. We're still trying to support community. I know they had that um, Chamber of Commerce did the... Um, gift cards. Yes. And, you know, that was a great way to put a lot of money back into our economy and help revive a lot of these small businesses because we, you know, the health community, we don't want to see the healthcare system overrun with sick people or dying people. We also don't want to see our downtown overrun with boarded up shops that had to close because of this. We want mm -hmm. everyone to do well. So our, our numbers are really doing a lot better than a lot of the other bigger cities in South Dakota. And, if you look at that graph, you see when um, some of the other cities started enacting their mask mandate with Mitchell and Watertown and Sioux Falls all on November 17th, and their numbers also started to go down right around that time. Um, still not as good as us. We're still the, the best. <laughs> but, um, you know, definitely it, it shows that it's doing something. So the more we can do to help prevent the spread, the better we can protect our community, our economy, our friends and neighbors, you know, because I want our small businesses in our downtown to be active and thriving. I want our restaurants to do well. Mm -hmm. And I want us to be safe and get to the other side of this. So mm -hmm. thank you, Brookings, for wearing your masks. And thank you to the city council for um, 
making really tough and hard decisions that weren't always popular mm -hmm. for to everybody. Mm -hmm. But it's the numbers show that what they did was good. Mm -hmm. And I would just add to the school system has well, really done system, a wonderful yes, job of I, putting I mean, precautions into place and. Mm -hmm. Yep, SDSU has been wonderful. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was really worried when the college students came back, you know, what's going to happen. But, mm -hmm. you know, everyone has really taken this seriously, and I, I'm just so proud of our town, really. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Well, it's time for us to go to our next break. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. Call us now at 605-692-1430 with any medical concerns you would like us to address. Look for Prairie Doc wherever you get your podcast. Today's program will be added to the podcast soon. We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. Did you know that breast cancer death rates have declined 40%? from 1989 to 2016 among women. The progress is attributed to the improvement in early detection. Breast cancer is most common in women, but can also be found in men. Anyone who notices changes in the breasts, such as skin texture, tenderness, lumps, or discharge, should be examined by their provider. Women are encouraged to have a mammogram every one to two years, starting at age 40. October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Please talk with your provider about your breast health and other health concerns by calling the Avera Medical Group Brookings at 605-697-9500. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and Prairie Doc physician Jill Cruz is here to discuss your medical questions. Give us a call at 605-692-1430. We've been talking a lot about COVID-19 and the developments in that area, but as mentioned at the beginning of the program, our Prairie Doc topic this week is excelling in retirement. In many ways, retirement is something many of us dream about and plan for for a long time, but when it actually happens, I understand some people really struggle with the transition to retirement. Dr. Cruz, what are some of your recommendations for patients as they transition into retirement? So I think the biggest advice that I've uh, heard given out regarding retirement, which is something that I have not had any personal experience with yet, uh, but someday will, is that you need to retire to something rather than retire from something. Mm -hmm. So um, having a reason to get up in the morning and do something, otherwise every day kind of just blends into the next and there's no, no good reason to do something and I know a lot of people have issues where you know the first question when you meet someone is what do you do that's a very common you know what's your identity you know and, and I know a lot of doctors especially have a hard time with that because their identity is a doctor and if you're not seeing patients are you really a doctor and and mm -hmm. now what do you do well, you know now you're spending time with this person <laughs> that lives in your house that you say is your spouse and you know you're spending all day with them like do I know you anymore because mm -hmm. I haven't had time to really uh, hang out with you and find out that you know your socks on the floor just drive me nuts mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. it, I think it, it's relearning those relationships relearning um, what you're doing so this is a great time to do all those things that you said gee if only I had time 
I would do this, you know, to to organize the photo albums and to write down the stories of of your youth to, you know, what's your legacy? What do you want to pass down to your family and generation? So the retirement is, you know, what would you do if you didn't have to be paid to do it? You know, would you volunteer? Well, not now, but would you volunteer at a school? Would you volunteer at a, you know, the library or a, a soup kitchen? Or would you find something to keep your mind busy and active because we're, um, you know, we're finding that the more people do uh, physically, mentally, and socially, the better they fare with um, decreasing cognitive impairment or decline that can come. So your brain's a muscle. It's kind of a use it or lose it sort of situation. And if you're not being mentally or um, challenged or stimulated by going to work and, and solving problems at work, uh, you need to give yourself something to do because just sitting at home all day is going to get old really fast. I th think uh, all of us got a taste of retirement, forced <laughs> retirement when the pandemic started and we were all at the stay at home. We're like, wow, this really isn't as much fun as I thought it would be. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's that's exactly true with a lot of people. They're like, wow, I was looking so forward to retirement. And if you just sit at home all day and do nothing, that's really not fulfilling after the first week or two. Mm -hmm. So what are you going to do to fill that time to um, give meaning to your life and your work? And, you know, this is a great time to to do all those projects. I mean, my kids love to hear stories about when, you know, their grandparents were little. You mm -hmm. know, what was it like when you were a little kid? And, you know, my dad's talking about being in a one-room schoolhouse, and they just find that fascinating. Mm -hmm. And, you know, tell those stories. Write down that oral history before it's gone. Mm -hmm. I love that. Retire to something rather than retiring from something. That's great mm -hmm. advice, Dr. Cruz. What are some ways to make sure exercise is part of your routine in retirement? Well, I definitely think that that's, it's what you want to make as, as your priority. Having, having a date or having someone that you can exercise with. Now it's socially distanced six feet apart, but mm -hmm. you can still, you know, walk outside six feet apart from your walking partner and still be able to talk to them or, you know, wear a mask. Um, in the winter, actually wearing a mask isn't a bad thing anyway, because right. cold air, a little bit easier on the lungs. Um, so you know, making that, put it in a calendar, you know, we're so used to having our lives driven by what's on our calendar. When you retire, put the things you want to do on your calendar. And after you do something, schedule the next time you're going to do it again. So if you schedule something and put it on your calendar, it's much likelier to happen than if you don't. Gotcha. Yeah, I can see where as you move into retirement, it be, might be really nice to just have this open calendar. Um, you don't have to put things on it, but you're saying it is probably helpful to have some things on that calendar. Yeah, I, I from personal experience, I can say, you know, Saturday morning I wake up and I have to write down on a piece of paper what I want to accomplish this weekend. Mm -hmm. And if I don't, <laughs> all of a sudden it's Sunday night and I'm like, wow, I did nothing but watch Netflix. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I didn't do the laundry. I should have done the dishes. Or I'm like scrambling at 10 o'clock at night trying to make up for an entire weekend's worth of laziness. Yes, yes. So it's very easy. Now if you've got no Monday morning... You know, what's the difference between Sunday? Sunday night means nothing mm -hmm. different, you know. So getting that, that routine and writing down what you want to accomplish. If you write down something, it's much more likely to happen than you say, well, I think I should. You know, mm -hmm. maybe when I get around to, you mm -hmm. know. And so, then that sense of accomplishment. Yes. You. Uh, crossing something off a list for me is a highly 
um, effective motivator. So, mm-hmm. you know, and a lot of people in retirement have pets, you know, this is your dog needs to go for a walk. Don't let your dog get lazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, exercising your pets is a great way to stay active and healthy. Mm-hmm. So in addition to physical health, what are some ways to stay strong mentally? So this is where the activities are, you know, this is when you've got the time to, uh, you know, work in the shop and build things, you know, put her on that car that you've been meaning to fix up, to do crocheting or cross stitch or, you know, knitting or scrapbooking or, you know, there's there's a hundred different things you can do, you know, mm-hmm. singing in your church choir or, you know, anything where you're using your mind and, and creating something, whether it's art or music or, you know, writing all of those things are all good for keeping it. And a lot of these, um, you know, if you're interacting with other people, social groups, that's why I love the 50s plus dining. um, And I can't wait for COVID to get better so people can get back to that social interaction because I think that's social interaction where, where, you know, people aren't meant to be isolated. Mm -hmm. We're meant to be in community and around people. And that uh, is really big on our mental health. So... Mm -hmm. You know, getting it so you're not sitting in your house staring at a blank wall by yourself all day is is huge. That's why I see a lot of people all of a sudden start flourishing after they leave their home to the nursing home environment because now all of a sudden they have people to play bridge with and, mm. you know, sing a long time and bingo. And they're all of a sudden thriving because they're in an environment where they're around other people instead of home alone all day by Mm -hmm. themselves. Mm, That's a great point. Well, it's time for us to go to our final break. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. Call us now at 605-692-1430 with any of your questions. We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. It's time to get your flu shot. The influenza virus is a seasonal illness that changes every year. That is why the CDC recommends a new flu shot each year for everyone over six months of age. Now is the time to get your 2020 vaccine. It is especially important to receive the vaccine this year while we are in the midst of the COVID pandemic. The flu vaccine, along with good hand washing, mask use, and social distance will help you from getting and spreading influenza and COVID. Vaccines are available at your provider's office as well as many area pharmacies. Please make it a priority to get your flu shot soon. This message is brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth and Prairie Doc physician Jill Cruz is here to discuss your medical questions. Today we've been talking about COVID-19 and our Prairie Doc topic of this week is excelling in retirement. Dr. Cruz offered some great advice on how to um, remember to keep physical exercise and mental exercise part of your routine and to have a routine that you write down and schedule things. Um, Dr. Cruz, how can family and friends support someone in their transition to retirement? Well, I would say it's um, kind of just that helping them maintain their identity of figuring out who they are now that they're not going to work every day and and kind of reassuring that they're still important and, and useful. Um, actually, what happened with my family, my um, great aunt's husband passed away the year I was born. And she had recently retired and really didn't know what to do with herself and was very lonely. And 
my mother saw a problem was she needed childcare. So uh, my great aunt became my babysitter mm -hmm. and, and took care of me while my parents were working. And it was good because she was with me. I was with her. It was a win-win, both generations. And I absolutely adored her. She was mm -hmm. the most important person in my life growing up. And, you know, she was the one thinking about, you know, mental activity, she would crochet these beautiful Afghans. And I still have, you would get one when you were born and you get one when you went to college. Okay. And I still have both of those. The one I got when I was born has been well loved, mm -hmm. uh, has been you know, used, abused, still holding up amazingly. The one I got when I got from college, I just kind of put away and, and cherished. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, it gave her a sense of purpose. She had something to do. So, you know, don't be afraid to ask for childcare, young families who need help. Mm -hmm. So as people transition into retirement, it sounds like it's important to, like, as you started with your statement to retire to something rather than retiring from something, kind of have a plan and mm -hmm. think about that this is going to be different and how can I do this successfully. Right. Well, before we go, please be sure to tune in to South Dakota Public Broadcasting Television and the Prairie Doc Facebook page for On Call with the Prairie Doc most Thursdays starting at 7 p.m. Central. This Thursday, December 10th, Prairie Doc host Andrew Ellsworth and guest doctors Jerome Bentz and David Brucklesbauer discuss various ways to stay healthy and happy in retirement. So tune in for that Thursday night at 7 o'clock Central on South Dakota Public Broadcasting Television. You can also look for Dr. Ellsworth's essay in Monday's Brookings Register or on the Prairie Doc website. We hope you've enjoyed our Prairie Doc radio program and we'll listen again for Prairie Doc on KBRK brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Please follow the Prairie Doc on Facebook and YouTube for free and easy access to the entire Prairie Doc library visit www.prairiedoc.org and look for Prairie Doc wherever you find your podcast. My thanks to Dr. Jill Cruz for joining us today. And as Dr. Holm would say, stay healthy out there, people.